millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This happened a few years ago. I was going through a difficult time, so I was looking for a new place to live without big commitments until I figured life out. I met this guy through a Craigslist posting. He said he had an apartment and was looking for a roommate. I got his name and number, called him, set up a meeting at a public place for a meet and greet. Everything went seemingly fine and he agreed to show me the place. He seemed super nice and helpful. He was easy to get along with was neat and low maintenance. It didn't bother me that he was a guy. We agreed on no drugs, no parties, no craziness terms. We agreed on monthly payments and I moved in a few weeks later. So it was after two weeks. One day he comes in early from work and has this very upset voice and claims that we need to talk. He says that I've been acting inappropriately by having my boyfriend stop by on occasion not even stay or spend the night or anything like that to see me for like 10 minutes every now and then. I began questioning him, and he just said that made him feel uncomfortable because everyone at the apartment complex thought I was his romantic partner. 
I was so furious and couldn't believe this bullshit. It then escalated to a point he said that the entire time he had known me, which is like for two weeks of very minimal interaction, plus the fact that I worked night shift so he was by himself most of the time when he was home he was convinced that. I believe you are possessed. I can see it in your eyes. I knew at this point the shit had totally hit the fan and that I needed to get as far from this F as I could. He acted all calm then, saying that I could take my time looking for a new place and that our arrangement would not work yeah, no shit Felicia. So I told my boyfriend what had happened. I found an apartment I could move into and had planned to do it the very next day. I told the insane roommate. The next day of my moving out comes and I walk into the apartment to get my stuff. There is this wooden cross above my room's doorframe with this cliché Jesus Christ on it, which was pretty offensive since I am a Christian, and this lunatic had decided that I'm possessed. I walk into my room and there are this creepy candles all lit. I packed up all my belongings and left. He sent a message to me later with, of course, something that had to do with God and how he was hoping I would face my sins in darkness. I blocked this creep's number after that. I do trust people a lot less and would never have a roommate, and this was the first time ever in my life that I had one. Yeah, for two weeks. Recently, in my search for a room to rent we met on Craigslist. I know, I know, but my credit isn't so great. This person said they would like to conduct an in-person interview before sharing their address, which I found reasonable, given the context of Craigslist. They sent me an address and suggested meeting at a pan or a bread the next day. I agreed and arrived ten minutes early. After placing an order, I messaged them. In hindsight, I should have asked more about them, as I didn't know their gender or anything. They responded right after I placed my order, saying they had just pulled up in the back. I texted back that I had already ordered and was seated inside. They responded with, Okay, I'll be right here. Now, huge red flags were starting to pop up. There was no way I was going behind some building to meet in some stranger's car. So I texted back, Can you come inside, please? And they said, I can wait, I'm parked in the shade. At this point, I had already decided to get my food and ghost this person because I was getting sex trafficker vibes. So I said, I'm not going behind a building to meet you when you can just come inside. I thought that was the point of meeting in person, so everyone can be comfortable, they said. Okay, I'm coming now, where are you ordering from? By now, my food was ready, so I grabbed my to-go bag and went outside taking the opposite route from the corner they would have had to come around if they really were parked in the back. I texted them, funny how you gave me an address and then asked where I am, and blocked them from responding. It was midday and maybe I'm reaching, but something just told me they wanted a way to get me in their car. From there, I don't know what would have happened to me, but I'm very grateful for my intuition, natural mistrust of people, and life experience for guiding me as they did. For the last few days I've been home alone, completely alone in an empty apartment. A few weeks ago, my boyfriend got a great job offer out of state. We've been wanting to move out of FL for a quite a long time, so when he got the offer, we didn't hesitate to pack up and head out of town, even with a full month of rent paid at our current apartment. With the quick move, I didn't have a chance to say goodbye to several good friends and figured since the rent was paid, 
I'd come back myself and spend a couple of weeks. My job allows me to work remote or from their Florida office, so even though my apartment is empty no cable or internet, I still had a place to work. When I said the apartment was empty, it wasn't completely true. I had a large piece of furniture I decided to sell rather than move and posted it on Craigslist. This is where I think I made a big mistake. I posted my address. Granted, my address wasn't up long the furniture sold that same day. But since I posted the ad yesterday, weird things have been happening. The first thing that happened didn't seem that strange at first. Thing is, I have a cat, so I'm used to noises coming from all over, and almost every time it's the cat being, well, a cat. He's the type that likes to knock things on the ground for fun. Oh, you were drinking that. Yep, no remorse. So when I was laying on my air mattress reading Got and heard a bunch of commotion from the kitchen, I just thought, oh, there he goes again and went back to reading. Until I remember the cat isn't even here. We took him to our new place. So I awkwardly rolled off the air mattress, why is it so difficult to get up off these things, and went to the kitchen to investigate. A few red solo cups that had previously been on the kitchen counter were on the ground. I looked around and the only thing I could figure is that the fan was on and it had blown them off. At least that's what I told myself in order to get to sleep. The truth is those cups had been sitting on the counter the whole day. And the fan was on. Why did they just fall to the ground now? I put it out of my head and turned the lights out and read my Kindle a bit more before falling asleep. I woke up at 3 a.m. to a rattling or jingling sound, like someone was shaking a jar of pennies or maybe a set of janitor's keys. I had never heard a sound like this before nothing even slightly close. It seemed like it was coming more from outside the apartment, but it was still really loud. As soon as I got out of bed, the noise stopped. I turned on every light in the house but couldn't find the source, so I went back to bed with all the lights on. It was comforting having all the lights on, and I slipped into a deep sleep almost immediately. When I woke up this morning, I didn't realize until I flipped on the light switch in the bathroom that every light in the house was off. No one has ever told me I sleepwalk, but I couldn't think of any other reason the lights were turned off. The front door is locked by a deadbolt and a regular door lock. I shook it off and got ready for work. When I had showered and gotten dressed, I grabbed my purse to leave but I couldn't find my keys. Because I hate searching for my keys in the mess I call a purse, I keep them on a carabiner and clip them to my bag. It's such a habit I clip them to my bag without even thinking about it. When I didn't find them on my purse, I figured there's always a chance. I don't know that I put them in the freezer with the groceries I brought home or put them on the kitchen counter by mistake. But I looked everywhere and nothing. They weren't in the freezer, fridge, microwave, counters, bathroom, or anywhere else. Then I remembered the jingling sound I heard in the middle of the night. I went to look, even though it was nearly impossible for them to be outside the only way is if they had fallen out of my bag on my way in the house. And I needed them to get into the house so would have missed them last night, not now. I went outside and there were my keys, lying on welcome mat outside my front door, covered in something red like blood, or something that looks awfully similar. That's when I knew I might have made a big mistake posting my address on Craigslist. I'll see what happens tonight and post an update if anyone's interested. I went to the family video store with my daughter a couple of years ago. It was around 9.45pm, they were closing at 10. 
My daughter and I like to watch scary movies, and we got three different ones. We got home, and after doing a few things, we sat down and put the first movie in. I get a text from a random number. It was about a Craigslist ad on a coffee table. I just replied, sorry, wrong number. They text back and said, oh sorry, I hope I didn't interrupt your night. I replied, you're good. It was about 11 p.m. at that point. We watched the first movie, A Haunting in Connecticut. My daughter gets up to take the movie out and put in the Blair Witch Project 2. It is now going on 1 a.m. The movie starts, we turn the lights off, and all of a sudden I get text after text. The phone just kept dinging about 8 text messages come in. I look, and it's the same number as the Craigslist ad. I'm like WTF, I say to my daughter, it's that Craigslist ad number. Confused as to why they would text again. I start to read the text, and it's talking about how they can't lie anymore and how they were at the video store when I was there. He was afraid that he would never see me again and never have the chance to talk to me again. So he must have been close enough that when I gave my phone number for them to look up my account, he put it in his phone. I didn't know if he followed us home or not. I don't even remember seeing the person or who it could have been. I didn't respond. Then I was out the following weekend with a friend of mine, and I got a creepy text from the same number, around 2.30 a.m. I have a cop friend, and he said it's not harassment unless you say stop, and they don't. So when the number text again, I simply replied stop, and thank God they stopped. The guy would like text me about all of his misfortunes in life, and his kid almost dying at a resort. It was really strange. He also would talk crazy about thinking I could somehow save his life. People are so strange. I found a job on Craigslist, and now I'm regretting it. The Craigslist ad read, Lifeguard for swimming pool. Clean the goddamn dishes. My drunk mom yelled from the living room, startling me. I had been on my phone searching for Craigslist job ads. Hell, I had been for the past two weeks. My mom had been depressed and turned to drugs and alcohol. Why, you may ask. Well, my dad passed away not long ago. She had gotten fired from her job and hadn't found a new one. That's when all the pressure was turned on me. If my estimates were correct, we would be evicted within seven months. I needed a way to pay the bills, the rent, the food, and my mom's whiskey all at once. Not only that, but I needed to find a way to pay my college tuition. Now, before I start, I want to clarify things. This took place in 2019, so don't come and murder me for not wearing a mask. And also, though I doubt anyone will believe me, I know what I saw. As I said, I was looking for a job. I didn't want to work at the McDonald's down the street since I'd work non-stop and get minimum wage. Neither did I want to work at the nearby factory, since I'd also probably get lung cancer before I'd be able to pay off my debt. After cleaning the dishes and taking out my mom's half-empty bottles of whiskey, I went back to Craigslist. I opened up the description of the job I mentioned earlier and I read. The job itself was decent. All I needed to know was to swim, and it was close enough to where I wouldn't have to take the bus. The pay was a little over the minimum wage. However, there was one odd thing. At the end of the description I read, If you're sensitive about the supernatural, this job is not for you. I thought this was just some joke for the new guy, so I went along with it. Life continued as usual as I was kept busy with my mom's breakdowns and episodes. I know worst Groundhog Day imaginable. 
Five days later, I received an email saying that I had gotten the job. I mean, I couldn't be mad. The pay was good and I was willing to work there. But I felt as if they were hiding something from. Hiding something that shouldn't be known to humankind. I should have listened to my gut feeling. On Monday, I got on my bike and sped off. It was already sunset when I got there, but I didn't worry since I was told to come at that hour. Either way, I thought the job was odd because the pool was about to close. Without giving it a second thought, I casually walked into the indoor swimming pool. Strangely enough, the building was vacant. No people, no signs of them, and the deafening silence. Already weirded out, I changed into my lifeguard uniform and headed towards the lifeguard stand. When I got there, I noticed the note besides the chair. Looking back at the large pool, I noticed the sun had long set and the night had settled over the building. How the hell, I managed to say. I had only been there for about 20 minutes, but it was already dark outside. I stared at the gentle waves of the pool for another minute before recomposing myself. I turned back to the stand and read the note. The note read, Hello, name redacted. As we know, you will be the lifeguard for this pool. I know you might have many questions, but this is the introduction. If you survive this night... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Your pay will increase tenfold. Now, here are the directions. If you notice time seems to go fast, remember that. You'll need that knowledge for later. If you see a blood-red moon, make sure you turn off all the lights. You will also need to make sure this phenomenon is not occurring. If you notice a dark spot at the deep end of the pool at exactly 11.20 p.m., close your eyes and count to 30. If you hear splashes at the 20-second marks, put your hands to your eyes. At 11.35 p.m., lock the doors to all of the entrances to the pool. You will likely hear banging and the voices of your loved ones pleading from the other sides of the doors, but do not open the door. Only unlock the doors once the banging and pleading stops. If you do not hear the banging or the pleads, run. Use the emergency exit and run. At midnight, a young girl will come up to you and ask you for help. But whatever you do, do not follow the girl. You do not want to know what happens if you follow her. At exactly 1.36 in the morning, a group of people will walk through the doors and go in the pool. Then, at approximately 2 or 3 p.m., one of the swimmers will dive into the deep end. He will not come back up to the surface of the pool. The other swimmers will panic and run out of the building. If the swimmer returns to the surface, act as if you don't notice him. If you make eye contact with him, it's already too late. At 2.25, you will go into the manager's office and lock the door. Do not look out of the window if you hear screaming coming from the pool. And if you hear chanting coming from the other side of the door, pray to God that it ends. If you hear screams and growling, that's normal. Then at 2.35 you will unlock the door and exit the manager's office. Once you get back to the stand, watch the pool intently. If you see something odd happening at the shallow end of the pool, walk to that area of the pool. Act as intimidating and imposing as possible, 
since you don't want it to get to you. At 2.55, run back into the manager's office. Go under the desk and cover your eyes. Make sure you're hidden so the warden can't see you. Now, if you felt as time seemed to accelerate at the beginning chant, the spirits of the night, we have come to forgive you. We are here to offer you the sacrifice. If you saw the blood moon, go into the bunker. The bunker is located under the front desk. The keys will be on the hook next to the front desk. Only retreat from your hideaway at 5 p.m. Once you retreat, immediately exit the building. As we said, if you survive the first night, your pay will increase. Make sure you follow all of our rules and precautions for your safety. Once all of the directions above are completed, you have finished your job. Good luck. I was weirded out. I had never been a believer of the supernatural or gods. This absolutely had to be a prank, but I couldn't help but notice the dark spot forming at the deep end of the pool. I watched in amazement and fear as the dark spot swirled and started coming towards the surface of the water. This had to be a prank, this had to be, I thought, but the dark spot looked unnatural. Already unnerved, I decided to close my eyes. Call me a pussy, but I did. All the while my emotions and thoughts were racing. I was pissed at the prank, but deep down I felt like this was not a prank. Luckily, I never heard the splashing. When I opened my eyes, the dark spot was gone. I rubbed my eyes to confirm this, but there it was. I looked around to see any sign someone was watching, but saw no one. I walked over to the deep end of the pool and inspected the water. No signs of the dark spot or anything out of the ordinary. What happened next gave me a jolt of anxiety and fear. As I inspected the water and looked around the pool, I got the sensation of something off. I checked my watch and nearly fell into the pool as I checked the time. It was 11.34. Reminding myself this was a prank, I calmly walked to the other side of the pool to the doors. I locked the doors and waited to surprise the pranksters. But when I heard what happened next started making me doubt this was a prank. The screams were deafening. The pleads were of my loved and the long-lost ones. I heard the pleads of my dad throughout the yells and bangs. I thought the doors were going to fall off their hinges when the bangs got louder. The bangs sounded like lightning, and I almost believed they were until I looked outside. All I saw was the quiet night air and the soft chirps of crickets. It all happened so quickly. One second I thought my eardrums would explode, and the next was deafening silence. I immediately collapsed to the floor rolling around in pain as my eardrums rang, and I felt warm blood trickling down my cheek. I managed to crawl back to my stand and lay my head back on the chair. I was alert now and ready to run out of there, but my instructions said otherwise. I almost thought I was seeing things from my blood loss when I saw her. The little girl appeared out of nowhere, almost like she had always been there. The girl walked up my stand and muttered out, My daddy is hurt, please help, in an emotionless tone. Go away, whatever you are, I squeaked out while clutching my ears. Oh, please! My daddy is really hurt. He needs help. Please help my daddy and save him. I ignored the little girl's pleading as I recovered from my fall and my bleeding ear. You know what? Where is your dad, little girl? I said. He tripped and hit his head. There, she replied as she pointed a finger near the entrance to the building. As if on cue, a stream of red liquid which I presumed to be blood entered my line of sight. I was almost convinced when I remembered the note. After a while of more begging, the girl simply walked back to where she came from and vanished. 
When I looked back to where the blood was, I saw nothing. I remember lying there for what felt like days, but was probably just half an hour. I thought of the times I had come to this pool and splashed around, thinking the pool was something to enjoy. I thought the environment was safe and somewhere you could be comfortable, but I learned otherwise the hard way. I felt sick to my stomach as I reflected on what had taken place in the past hours. As I rested and recovered from my injuries, the atmosphere changed. I didn't notice the group of swimmers until they were right in front of me, startling me from my peace. I watched in interest as the group of nearly translucent swimmers headed towards the diving boards. They looked like ghosts, and I suppose they were, but they seemed more real than I thought. I expected a ghostly, misty figure floating around. These looked like perfectly normal swimmers, except for their translucent appearance. After 30 minutes of watching them jump off the boards and swim, one of the swimmers seemed disoriented. He tried to hide it, but it was quite obvious. The other swimmers tried to convince the swimmer to take a break, but he wouldn't listen. Then as he was about to take the jump off the higher diver board, he suddenly fell unconscious. Unfortunately for him, he fell off the diving boards, plugging into the water below. He disappeared into the water as the other swimmers panicked. One of the swimmers divided to save his friend, but came back empty-handed. He had a look of shock and fear on his face as he re-emerged. Without another word, the swimmer ran out of the building to get help. I was interested, but was fearful because of the message on the note. I reread the note and watched in my peripherals as the swimmer emerged from the water. I almost looked before realizing what I was doing. In my peripherals, the swimmer smiled at me and tried to get my attention. I just acted as if he were not there. But in my mind, I was transfixed on him and watching his every move. The translucent swimmer tried to blend in with the water, almost making me think he was gone. Needless to say, that was a close call. After another 20 minutes, the swimmer disappeared under the gentle waves and never re-emerged. After making sure the swimmer was gone, I settled back into my chair. I scrolled through my phone, but made sure I kept an eye on the pool. At the exact time of 2.25, I ran over to the manager's office. I took the note along with me to make sure I took all precautions. When I got to the manager's office, I noticed another note below the desk. If you're still alive, read this note. While you're in the office, make sure you're not facing the window. Also make sure the things outside don't see you. I know this is the first day on the job, but this is more of a test. Over time, you'll build the strength and become a member. It's not our choice to decide if you will work for our corporation, but even if you quit on the first day, you will receive $5,000 in compensation. We will discuss legal closure once you make it through the night. Make sure to follow instructions for your safety. I had already decided if I got out of this godforsaken place, I would quit. I wouldn't be able to endure this on a daily basis. Hell, I had barely made it through the night, so there was no way I was going to do this one more night. I know it's hard to believe, but all of this was real and happened to me. I myself wouldn't think this actually happened if it weren't for my first-hand experience. But stick with me. Now I know for a fact that demonic entities haunt the indoor swimming pool of Redacted County. As I hid behind the desk, I heard unnatural and horrifying sounds. Just as I locked the door behind me, I heard splashing coming from the pool. Then an ear-splitting scream erupted from the other side of the door. I quickly hid under the desk and covered my ears to try and block out the noise. However, the noise was replaced with a low and guttural growl, almost the type a werewolf would make. 
but I didn't dare look out the window to see the commotion. As I expected, the noises stopped at exactly 3.35. I was surprised at how calm I was with the situation, but even that didn't prepare me for the horrors which ensued just 20 minutes later. As my instructions commanded, I ran back into the manager's office. My anxiety peaked when I heard a groan near the staff-only area, but it was too late. The warden had seen me. I remember running in and frantically hiding under the desk. Then I heard the sound of glass breaking and metal bend. Then the warden grabbed me and tossed me out of the office. I landed with a hard thud as my head hit the pavement. I temporarily blacked out. When I came to, I was in an unfamiliar room. Then I saw the warden. It was a massive creature that looked like a mix of a dog and cockroach. It seems funny, but once you see it, you'll know what I mean. It grabbed me and lifted me up. Before it could toss me into the fiery inferno, a beacon light was shined through a window, scaring the hybrid away. It was from one side of the room to the other in less than five seconds, which was a 400-foot distance. Then I blacked out again. Three days later, I was at the hospital being treated for three broken ribs, a mild concussion, a broken arm and wrist, and ruptured eardrums. The injuries were extensive, but I was still thinking about that night. Apparently, I had been found. As a result, the company was forced to pay me $10,000 in compensation and pay my hospital bills. My life was truly changed after that. Even with all the money things couldn't be repaired, nothing could. I was forced to sign a deal with the company to never tell anyone about the horrors I witnessed that night. Even if I were to tell someone they wouldn't believe me, they'd just dismiss it as the insane ramblings of a teenager. But one thing is clear. I am never going back to that place. On a Sunday, my girlfriend and I were taking the train from northern New Jersey into New York City. We were going into the city to see a concert that night, but figured we would take the train in early, drink, or do our makeup on the train and enjoy the ride. We decided since we actually made it early, we would go for brunch. Because it was Sunday in New York City, we figured we should make a reservation. While I was on the phone with the hostess, I gave her my name and phone number for the reservation. Now, my girlfriend and I were in a corner spot on the train, and the train was crowded. It was a weekend going into the city. It wasn't particularly quiet on the train, and I relayed my name and number to the hostess in a normal tone. The next evening, Monday, I received a text message from a number not saved in my phone book typed exactly how I received the messages, lack of grammar included. Unknown number, out of the twilight zone. Hi V, not going to type my entire name, how was your Sunday at New York? Me, hey, who is this? Unknown, creepy right? Now I saw you yesterday at the train. Unknown, at the beginning you look amazing I have to say, but with the makeup on you look even better. Unknown, well I just want to say hi, I know you are wondering how I got you info. Easy I overhear you saying your name and number and I was paying attention since you look so good to me. Take care. Sorry if I scare you. Now I am royally freaked out. He had to be watching the entire time because I didn't announce. I am about to give you my name and phone number to the hostess. I just answered her question naturally. I gave no indication I was about to say this info. He had to have his phone out or something because I just said my phone number and named nothing to give him a heads up to get ready to write it down. Because I had no idea when this man got on the train did we get on the same stop. Did he see us get out of my car? 
Does he know what I drive? I figured I need to know who this man is. Me, send a picture. You know what I look like, lol. Unknown, GJ. Unknown, sends photo. Unknown, usually here is where the cute girl never answer back, lol. Unknown, I know our worlds are really far apart, but I like to dream let my mind fly. After I received the picture so I can know who he is if he ever approached me, I blocked his number. I lived in Boston for eight years and have visited Nick Plenty, so I have had my share of creepy encounters, but none that actually made me afraid. This was the creepiest thing that has ever happened to me.